Hi there, welcome to this week's podcast. Just me this week. And I'm going to talk about following through when you know that you need to make yourself eat something that you're scared of. And um, I'm going to elaborate pretty deeply on all of this today. I think first of all I should explain that a lot of the things I'm going to be talking about now are going to have a specific context because I finally got this damn book published which explains a lot of this. So now I feel that when I talk about it I've actually got something to point to as a resource for people. So the book that I've just written is called Rehabilitate, Rewire, Recover. And that's because I think for an adult in recovery from anorexia or restrictive eating disorder, there are two aspects, two important things that lead to the success of full recovery for many of us. There is nutritional rehabilitation. That's the rehabilitate part. That means you have to get your body out of malnutrition and out of energy deficit. So to explain that a little bit further, for those of us who have the genetic predisposition for an eating disorder such as anorexia, when we go into energy deficit, that's a bit of malnutrition, that's losing some weight, then it's like that anorexia genetics, it's like it flicks a switch and it turns on. And then gradually, and before we even know what started to happen, we find that we are scared of eating more than the smallest amount possible to survive each day. And most of us also sort of get these movement compulsions, all of which support that your body thinks it's in a famine and it's trying to migrate. So that's when the anorexia switch gets switched on. Now, say if you are a 12-year-old child and you're living at home and your parents notice within a couple of months that you're not eating as much and you're losing some weight and they get you into treatment and they refeed you within a couple of months, then yes, nutritional rehabilitation will most likely be enough to switch that um, switch off again and you'll probably come out of that and find that your personality is back to your pre-anorexia personality and for all intents and purposes you've kind of fully recovered you know you get those mental state shift changes just through nutritional rehabilitation alone however people like myself adults with anorexia who had anorexia for 12 years it's more complicated than that and the reason for that is because those behaviors which I have been doing for such a long time, year in, year out, those behaviors of restriction, of compulsive exercise, of the OCD stuff that I did, those form neural networks in the brain. Our brains create neural pathways when we repetitively do things over and over again. And those neural pathways become linked for, to one another. And so if you're an adult in recovery from anorexia, I believe that nutritional rehabilitation is crucial because you've got to flick that switch off of your brain thinking that you need to move a lot and eat very little. But as you do that, at the same time, you have to neurally rewire your brain. You have to teach your brain that the neural pathways that it has created that support restrictive behaviors, compulsions, binge purge cycles, whatever it is, you have to teach your brain that it doesn't need to do that anymore. And so that's the backdrop that I base a lot of my recovery coaching on, a lot of that work on, that you need to nutritionally rehabilitate, but you need to neurally rewire as you do that in order to reach full recovery. Because if you don't, what happens is you nutritionally rehabilitate, which is great, don't get me wrong, that's fabulous, you get your body out of malnutrition. But as you do so, you take that neural network and all of those behaviors with you. So you are still um, adhering to the food rules that anorexia created, you're still adhering to the exercise compulsions, you're basically doing all of this, you're in that same cage, 
you're just in a larger and hopefully healthier body, but your mind not, might not be healthier. So that's why I say we need to do both. And what I'm going to talk about in this podcast is going to be an example of doing both. I'm going to talk about force feeding yourself. <laughs> okay, so many of us know as we go into recovery that we have these specific foods in specific quantities that we feel safe and okay eating. And that's the part that the brain has kind of got used to eating these small amounts of food in these specific quantities. And we can eat those. You leave us alone. We can eat those foods. But if you push us to maybe even eat those foods at a different time of day or eat them in a bigger quantity or eat different foods, all hell breaks loose mentally. You have a bit of a freak out. The other thing that most of us know is that we spend the vast majority of our time thinking about food, fantasizing about food, planning food, all of this, yeah, food porn. It's your brain telling you that you are hungry. It's your brain telling you that you're in malnutrition and that you need to eat the whole time. And so what happens when we're in recovery is we want to encourage people to eat the whole time, just like their brain is telling them to do, just like their brain is communicating that they need to. And this is all very well in theory, but what most of us find happens in practice is that say, well, I'll give you an example that used to happen to me the whole time. I'd be driving home, I'd be driving somewhere, and while I was driving, while I was in the car, I would be thinking of all of the food that I was going to eat when I was get home. I was going to plan to eat pizza, I was going to have chips with it, I was going to have cheesecake afterwards and ice cream, and I was just mentally planning all this food that I really wanted to eat. And then as soon as I parked the car, walked into the door, walked into the kitchen, walked into a place where there was actually the threat of me getting food, food was present in the kitchen, suddenly I didn't want to eat anymore. Suddenly I wasn't even hungry. Suddenly the thought of pizza was just disgusting. No, I'll just stick to my usual safe salad, thank you very much. And I think that's a really common cycle that all of us get into. And to explain why that happens, that's because when you're driving home and food is not present, you are in your parasympathetic nervous system. That's the rest and digest one. That's the calm, not freaking out nervous system. That's when your healthy brain can come through and tell you all about all the foods that you want to eat. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. Then as soon as you walk into the kitchen, switch, you go into your sympathetic nervous system. Your sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight one because suddenly there is the threat of eating. Your brain shifts into the sympathetic nervous system and goes, oh, hell no, I'm not even hungry. I don't even want any food. Who's that? Who's thinking about food? Wasn't me, not hungry. So then you end up not following through with eating what you want to eat. So that's the first part that those you may have great intentions, you may be mentally wanting to recover and you're on board with recovery, but then suddenly, as soon as you're faced with the opportunity to eat, you're not hungry anymore, don't even want it. This is when force feeding yourself comes in. I first learned about force feeding when I read that feast forum really early on in my recovery. And um, I was reading about parents force feeding their children. And initially I thought, holy crap, that's horrible. Who would do such a thing? And then I realized, that these parents were not vindictive, mean and evil. They were just trying to save their children's life. Children dying of malnutrition from anorexia. The parents were forcing them to eat. When I say force feeding, they were sitting them at the table and saying, you're not leaving this table until you've eaten that entire plate of food. And you can throw that plate of food at the wall as many times as you want. I'm just gonna put another one in front of you because life stops until you eat. And that was when I realized that these parents loved their children. They were force feeding them out of love. And then it clicked with me. I had to force feed myself out of love for myself, out of wanting to live, to survive, to get better, 
I was going to have to force feed myself. So that meant that I had to sit myself down at the table with that pizza and regardless of how much my brain was telling me, I'm not even hungry, I don't even want pizza right now, I was going to sit there and force myself to eat it. Pick up a slice, put it in my mouth, chew, swallow, repeat. Now what you can expect when you first do that is you'll be in your sympathetic nervous system, that's the fight or flight one. Your body is not made to digest food when you're in fight or flight because it thinks you need to be running away from a lion or something. So digesting food is not a priority when you're in your sympathetic nervous system. So you can expect the experience of eating food to be not very fun. You won't even taste it that much. I remember the first time I did sit there and force feed myself a pizza. I couldn't even really taste it. I couldn't tell if it tasted nice or not. I could, it's like my taste buds weren't working. And it felt like blocks of concrete going down my throat. But I still forced myself to eat it. And here's where the neural rewiring part comes in. So the force feeding myself, yes, that's nutritional rehabilitation. Eating things like pizza was exactly what I needed to do in order to start getting my body out of malnutrition. The neural rewiring part was me making myself eat that pizza, despite the fact that my brain was freaking out about it and saying, something really bad's gonna happen if you eat this pizza. The neural rewiring part is not running away from the pizza like I'd done for so many years, but just sitting there and saying, well, brain, I'm going to prove to you that this pizza is not going to hurt me. And the only way that you can prove to your brain that food is not gonna hurt you is by eating the damn food. And so despite the fact that my brain would be freaking out as I ate it, and I have eaten so many meals, shaking and crying, but I got through them and I forced myself to eat them, your brain will learn through that experience that nothing bad happened at the end. I ate the pizza, nothing bad happened. And then what you need to do is you need to force yourself to do it the next day or sooner. <laughs> you need to consecutively show your brain this food is not a threat to me. And you do it with repetition because that's how the human brain learns. Just like tying your shoelaces, you learn that via repetition. We rewire the brain and rewire that fear response by repetitively doing the thing that the brain is scared of. And usually for me, it took two or three times of doing something before my brain would suddenly stop freaking out about it and be like, okay, this isn't as scary. And the good part is, is that when your brain stops freaking out about eating a food, you then start to eat that food in your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest one, and then it's quite enjoyable. Pizza started tasting great, and <laughs> it still does, I'll tell you that. One of my favorite foods. So that is an example of nutritional rehabilitation plus neural rewiring, two birds with one stone. Do you get to do that if you just stick to your safe foods? No. If you just stick to your safe foods, if you eat enough of your safe foods, you will nutritionally rehabilitate. You will gain weight because that's your underweight body's number one priority. However, you will gain weight with those fears and rule sets still in place, right? So that's, sort of, that's one example of nutritional rehabilitation plus neural rewiring, which I believe is crucial for adults who have had anorexia for more than 10 minutes adults who are in recovery from anorexia. And now that I've published this damn book that took me ages to write, well, it didn't, it took me like eight months, which to me is, feels like a long time because I'm a very impatient person. Now that I've published this damn book, I'm going to, in these podcasts, 
talk a lot more and bring these terms nutritional rehabilitation neural rewiring in and hopefully you guys can know what I'm talking about and have a reference point um also if you listen to these podcasts but you have not yet found my YouTube channel I talk about this stuff a lot on my YouTube channel YouTube videos are really usually quite short um sort of three or five minutes long and each day or I try and post each day but usually it's more like three times a week but when I, however often, when I get the chance, I just make a really quick short video on something which is usually neural rewiring plus nutritional rehabilitation, this example of force feeding. So back to force feeding, just for a second, because I cannot emphasize how much, if you're an adult in recovery from anorexia, I cannot emphasize how important a skill this is to be able to make yourself eat food when you don't want to. It's like a super skill for recovery. If you work on one skill and recovery, work on being able to force feed yourself because you, <laughs> you can do anything once you can force feed yourself. And this skill comes in handy because, all right, so say you get through the first, the first six months of recovery when you're really rewiring and you're forcing yourself to eat all tons of food and you're you know, making yourself eat all your fear foods. You go through so much in that first sort of six months or so. And then things start to stabilize a bit. Hopefully you were successful in getting your body out of malnutrition or starting to because that process can take years. But hopefully you sort of lifted yourself up over a hump in that first six months to a year of recovery. You will have rewired many things in your brain in that first six months to a year. But there are some life experiences that in your first stages of recovery you won't go through. So the things like the big life changes, like moving house, losing your job, changing your job, losing someone who you love, so bereavement and grief, um, any of those large um, life changes. For many of us that have had anorexia and restriction and done things like event restricted for years and years and years and years, what will happen or what you, people often find happen when they go through a stressful time, that default reaction to restrict or to go to compulsive exercise comes back. And that's because you haven't yet had a chance to rewire your stress response. Because for years, that's what you've been doing when you get stressed, right? You restrict food or you exercise or whatever. And so you might not come across in those first six months, 12 months of recovery, you might not come across a stressful event enough that kind of triggers that, res that response that already wired through the years of um, responding to stress via restriction or exercise, you haven't had a chance to re rewire that yet because you haven't had a huge time of stress to live through. And so what you find, or what I found, was having the ability to force feed myself in my back pocket at all times came in handy. It was like my winning card when I went through times of stress, even post-recovery when most of things were all sorted out and I was doing really well. Time of stress hit me, it would come back, that desire to restrict would come back. But because I knew how to force feed myself, I was then able to do that in those times. And that meant that my brain started to learn that restriction and compulsive exercise were no longer appropriate responses to times of stress. And so now I don't have that response in a time of stress. I have no inclination to do anything restrictive in terms of my diet or exercise compulsively in times of stress because I rewired that as well. But the ability to do that really came from that super skill that I honed in recovery of being able to force feed myself.
And remember, force-feeding yourself if you have anorexia, that is an act of self-love. That's important to distinguish. All right, so that's this week's podcast. Force-feeding yourself, nutritional rehabilitation plus neural rewiring, getting you to full recovery. If you have any questions or any ideas for podcasts, guests that you'd like me to talk to, as always, reach out to me. My email address is info at tabithafarrar.com. And if I mentioned the YouTube videos earlier, if you just search Tabitha Farrar on YouTube, hopefully that will come up. I don't know if there are any other Tabitha Farrars that are also doing anorexia recovery coaching. It's possible, but hey. Cheers, and until next time, cheerio.